Well, good morning, church. Uh, I'm Pastor Jason. I'm one of the pastors here at Covenant, and I want to welcome you all to worship. And uh, we're going to dig into God's Word together in uh, the book of Acts chapter 11. If you want to begin turning there, if you have your Bibles with you. Uh, but, but just to take a, a brief moment, I want to, uh, to, to share that this is Pastor Jason. I know I look different because I don't have my glasses on. Uh, I have concluded that uh, masks and glasses don't mix. And so uh, I, uh, I, I am going to be contact wearing uh, for a while, it looks like. Uh, I, I only play sports in contacts, but for a season, this is going to be what you get. Um, uh, I, I also was telling my son, son, Aiden, you want to be a billionaire? Here's how you do it. You invent masks that do not fall glasses. And in the current climate that we're in, you would be rich beyond all imagining. So uh, I put that charge to you as well. Uh, if you could find a way to do it, I would be thankful. Um, we have just a, 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 couple of, uh, a couple of things that I wanted to share before we, we begin. The first is I want to do something I've never done for Covenant before. Uh, I began worship at Covenant in uh, January of 2012. I have never told you when I, whenever I was going to be gone on a Sunday. I always left that for surprise. Uh, and uh, so uh, here's, here, here it is, the very first time. Next Sunday, I will not be here. I will be on vacation. Uh, the reason why I tell you is because I'm so excited about what God has in store for Covenant next week. Uh, Pastor Dario and uh, Floor who is our worship leader in Spanish, are, are leading a, 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 uh, a Latino-led uh, service in English at Covenant next Sunday. So uh, Alyssa and I will both be gone, and Dario and Floor are taking over, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, we all, we're, we're working on the service, and I'm so thrilled uh, that you're going to be able to have their leadership in worship next week. I hope that you will make a point to be present with us uh, online or here in person so that you can uh, have that, uh, that worship experience. It gives you a flavor, a flair of what uh, our Spanish worship ministry is all about uh, here at Covenant. So I want to give you that encouragement. Also, um, you know, we're, we're in uh, uh, the midst of a summer uh, worship series uh, that... Uh, that, that, that is in three parts, and it's all based upon one of Jesus' teachings. When we were preparing for uh, what this summer would be, uh, we, we were wondering, okay, what is it the people of God need to receive? Uh, how, how is it that the, the Word speaks into our lives right now? And, and this was back in, uh, in, in late April, early May. We just thought, man, folks are, are weary. Folks are weary, uh, and, and, and that was you know, early in this process now that I look back on it. Uh, and, and folks are, are, were already weary, and so if we were weary then, we must be even more so now. And so uh, we, we thought that the word from Jesus uh, in, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew uh, is, is profoundly impactful for us. Uh, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And so for the last four weeks, we've been on that first phrase, come to me, and to see the invitation that God has for us uh, to come and be present with him and engage in relationship with him and to, to have healing and restoration as we come. And so that, that, that first four weeks has been there on come to me uh, as a word from Jesus. But today we shift gears, we turn to all who are weary. 
And each of the next few weeks, we're going to be naming uh, a source of weariness that, that, that impacts us deeply and, and, and really focusing in on uh, what the Word speaks uh, for us there. And today, we're going to center a little bit on fear and how we grow weary in the midst of our fear. Uh, so that, uh, it, that is where we are as we get to Acts chapter 11. We'll begin in verse 19 and follow on through verse 24. Hear the word of the Lord. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among the Jews. Some of them, however... Men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch, and when he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. This is the word of the Lord for us, offered to us in its reading and in its hearing, so we give thanks to the Lord God Almighty. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Almighty God, we do come before you in this space and time, thankful for the gift of your holy word, for the wisdom that is contained in it. Lord, I ask that you would increase and that I would decrease. Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes, that we would see, our ears, that we would hear, our minds that we would come to know and understand your word, our hearts, that we would feel it's convicting power, then we pray, O oh God, that you would open our hands, that we would enter into the world offering your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I must admit that this was a little bit of a, of a conflicted week for, for me. Uh, it, yes, my family is heading out on vacation, but it's, it's off. Everything seems a little bit off kilter for me. Because uh, for the last decade, uh, our family has spent the 4th of July in the same way. Uh, my dad decided a while back that he wanted to, to make it a part of his habit to give experiences as a part uh, of the way that, that, that he uh, blessed our family. Rather than just giving stuff, he wanted to give experiences. And so uh, he, he committed that part of our Christmas presents year over year was going to be a family vacation with all the extended family, I have three sisters, two stepbrothers, and, and uh, we, we started out with like 18 of us because we didn't quite have as many kids, but now that the grandkids have, have added to the number, there's 24 of us or something. Uh, and we always go on this vacation, and we always spend 4th of July together. And so uh, this has been kind of odd for me to be home on the 4th of July. You, you church have not had me in worship on the Sunday after the 4th of July Ever, I think, here at Covenant. I, I just am not here because I'm with family. And part of those experiences has been just uh, uh, understanding the wonder of the world. 
Uh, these experiences have brought us to uh, the shores of Sanibel, Florida, or to Lakeside, uh, Table Rock Lake in Missouri, uh, or to the Fraser Valley climbing the, the, the Continental Divide in Colorado. We've, we've, we've spent the, the, the fourth on the, the, the Frio River in Concan, Texas, and on the coast at Corpus Christi. We've found our way to the waterfalls of North Carolina near Lake Junaluska, and all of these things have been a blessing to me. And, and we've had those Fourth of July experiences that were centered around adventure, centered around exploration, uh, and, and that tapped into uh, some some kind of rootedness on what it was for us to have the freedom to experience uh, life to the fullest. And, and to not have that this year kind of twisted me a little bit. But the 4th of July was able to be more than just family, feasting, and fireworks for me this year. I was able to pull back just a little bit, and maybe it's the, the, the change of pace from what I'm used to, or maybe it's all that we're seeing go on in the world. I, I had more time to pull back and reflect on what it means to live in America and, and what a gift it is to live in America. I, I, I was struck this week, Addie got her driver's license, and, and, and I, was, I was telling her, Addie, uh, this, uh, along with your passport and your birth certificate, have afforded you uh, tremendous freedoms and liberties that are unknown in other parts of the world. Uh, you, by your birthright here as an American, have been gifted freedom and liberty in extraordinary fashion. I was thinking about what it is for the original founders uh, to, to have, have gathered in a season where they've experienced oppression, where they had experienced tyranny, uh, where they experienced uh, occupation of, of armies in peacetime, where they experienced taxation without representation, and these, among many other reasons that are articulated in the Declaration of, of, of Independence, drew the founding fathers together to say that there was something different for us. And they, they, they could have succumbed to fear and oppression, in such a way where they would have uh, they would have retreated, stepped back, withdrew, but instead they pressed forward. And as they pressed forward, they they articulated in the Declaration words that would be a guiding compass for us as a people yet today. Words that they might not have even fully uh, understood the great impact of as they articulated words that really were before their time, it seems. In the preamble of the Constitution, it says, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Brothers and sisters, those, those words uh, really were before their time. That everyone is created equal. Created equal. And, and that equality is essential as a, a principle uh, that, that for, for us as Christians, we, we can really lean into for a moment. We could grasp how, how, how important it is for equality and liberty to be tied together. You see, for us, liberty uh, is, 
is the core of the gospel because we believe in free will. We believe that God doesn't want to force himself upon us so that we have no choice. God loves us so much that he gives us choice. And in giving us choice, we have the liberty to be in relationship with him and to receive that grace. Every single one. And how essential it was for our forefathers and mothers to, to, to articulate that and profess it and then maintain it. And for us to carry on that tradition. Because we desire the world to have the opportunity, the opportunity to exercise their liberty and profess their faith in Jesus. That is the great American dream. The exercise of liberty because we are equal, each and every one of us. And so as I've been wrestling with that, I was thinking about how, how, how challenging it would have been for those forefathers to, to be able to, 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 to make this statement, put their name there at the bottom of the Declaration of Independence. And, and I was struck by the conclusion of the declaration that, that, that calls upon uh, God as the source of strength for which they uh, found the courage to sign this. At the very conclusion it says, And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. The protection of divine providence. They drew upon godly strength in the midst of their fear, in the midst of their oppression, in order to find the courage to walk faithfully forward. And I see that in Acts chapter 11 as well. In Acts chapter 11, we find a scattered people, the apostles flung to the wind uh, because of persecution. And in order to, to understand the, and orient ourselves towards uh, what was happening in that uh, persecution, we need to first see Jesus' leading in Acts chapter 1, uh, the cause of the persecution in Acts chapter 8, and then gather back around that scattered people in Acts chapter 11. Are y'all ready for this quick whirlwind? Here we go. So, so Luke-Acts is a continued narrative from one gospel writer. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we have Jesus in his resurrected form meeting with his disciples before he ascends into heaven, and he gives them the great commission according to Luke-Acts. And here it goes. Uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. In all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So what's fascinating here is that, that we have this, this teaching from Jesus, this commissioning from Jesus, go and do this. And you would think that if the disciples had received that and, and heard it, that they would then walk it out forward. But they did not. They were sitting in Jerusalem leading uh, the people of God from the community of Jerusalem. So when you get to Acts chapter 8, the gospel had not gone any further than that original uh, that, that original location that Jesus instructed, Jerusalem. And so Acts chapter 8 verses 1 through 3 tells us about this persecution. So Stephen is martyred. 
Saul approved of the killing, and, and Saul, who later becomes Paul, and then in Acts chapter 8, we see the, the beginning of this scattering. So on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Did, did you hear where the word of God went? Did, did, you, did you catch that? Remember Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth? So, so they're in Jerusalem, and God works all things for good for those that love him. Right? He's able to transform that uh, which, which otherwise uh, would be evil and turn it into good. So Stephen is martyred, and then what happens? God's will is fulfilled because in, in verse 1 of chapter 8, it says they were scattered out in Judea and Samaria. So we had that list of four, Jerusalem, check. Judea, check. Samaria, check. So what are we missing? To the ends of the earth. We're missing to the ends of the earth. And, and the people of God rightly uh, were afraid as they were scattered because this persecution was men and women were being dragged out of their houses, thrown in prison. Martyrdom uh, was taking place. Persecution was taking place. So whenever you have all of this taking place, uh, you, you understand that the people of God are afraid. And in the midst of their fear, they now are out in the world beyond their comfort zones, beyond where they had grown up in the faith. Now they're out in the world and they have a choice of how they could operate. Are they paralyzed by their fear? Do they succumb to it or do they rather walk yet in faith? So it says that these, these, these men... Men from Cyprus and Cyrene, they go to Antioch. Antioch uh, is, is now outside of Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Now it is beyond. It is out in the, the, the Roman world. It's in the Gentile world. And, and they, they could just carry the gospel just to Jews. But now these men from Cyprus and Cyrene, they, they carry the gospel to the Gentiles. To those that, that, that had once been seen as uh, as. as unclean, unworthy of the gospel, unable to profess Jesus or to profess the Jewish faith faith for that matter. These are outsiders and the, the, the people of God in the midst of their fear carry the gospel there to the Gentiles. And everything changes. The Spirit of the Lord is upon them, and the grace of God is received, and people's lives are transformed, and faith grows. Faith increases. I love how this, this turn allows us in, really. Because there's no name associated with these men from Cyprus and Cyrene. It doesn't say that Brian carried the gospel to Antioch. It doesn't say that Lynn carried the gospel to Antioch or that Donna carried the gospel to Antioch. It just said some men, some believers in Jesus 
who were so scared that they were hundreds of miles from their original location, hiding from the persecution that awaited them back in Jerusalem. These scared men who are unnamed, it allows us to come and put ourselves in their position and say, what do I look like? What do I, how do I operate in the midst of my fear? And, and, and they have a choice to make. Do they hide out or do they step forward in faith? Do you hide out or do you step forward in faith? How miraculous it is that the, the Holy Spirit rests upon the, this community, rests upon this movement of the Spirit amongst the Gentiles. And, and here, uh, the, the, the movement of the Spirit is so profoundly known that the word uh, of what is happening reaches all the way back to Jerusalem. And the apostles in Jerusalem hear of it, and they're so uh, struck by it, they send Barnabas out to see what in the world is going on. We need a first-hand witness from someone we trust we just can't receive people bringing us the message we need to send someone to to report back to us so they send Barnabas and and it's 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 beautiful what it says here it says when he arrived in verse 23 and saw what the grace of God had done he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts when he saw God's grace alive and at work to the ends of the earth he was glad and encouraged. How do we operate in the midst of our own fears? I got to tell you, whenever, whenever we were originally confronted with the realities of a pandemic that would cause uh, great changes to our social interactions, including how we would do church and be the church. And, and, uh, and whenever we were considering how we could open up online worship for all of you, the people of God at home, uh, we, we were, we were uh, kind of scrambling for a week or two. And I remember distinctly uh, gathering together with a staff meeting on a Zoom call, no less, uh, and, and telling everybody, I have hope for this season. I know that people are scared and I know that things are changing and are going to continue changing, but I have hope for this season because I believe God is going to work things out for good in this. And I believe that revival will come. I believe in revival. I believe that we will have a, a revived movement of the Holy Spirit in us and amongst us and this world will be better for it. And that continues to be my hope and prayer. But this thing has continued a lot longer than maybe any of us, definitely I, believed it would on March the 13th whenever I made the call that we wouldn't have in-person worship on the 15th. And it's going to be with us even longer. And, and I have to confess to you, brothers and sisters, that, uh, that, that my hope has waned because of what I've been seeing out in the world. I, I believed that this was a season where things would be possible, where, where we, could, we could witness transformation and revival, uh, and yet whenever we entered into this season, we did not know how long it would last, and we did not know the trials and the challenges that we would face. And I see more and more hate and division in the world today 
than I did before this all started. And it breaks my heart. So I believe that the people of God have a role to play, a word to say in the midst of this. And and I think that that's a question that we must wrestle with whenever we bear witness to so much hate and division. Division that's welled up as tribalism where where we're constantly considering us versus them, whether that be political parties or or, or racial lines, the the ability to divide us one from another and to continue uh, to, to, to find harsh ways to treat our brothers and sisters through racism or, or, or through oppression, it all must cease and how. And, and, and hatred where, where, where uh, the keyboard warriors of the world have been given the most grand voice in our society because all we have in the midst of our distancing is news and digital forums. Do not look at the comment section in any political statement. It's heinous. And so whenever we find ourselves uh, witnessing the, the hatred being spewed from human to human, person to person, child of God to child of God, we wonder where is the hope and what is our role? How are we to operate in the midst of our own fear so that we might have such a profound impact as did those unnamed servants of the Lord Most High who carried the gospel into Antioch? I believe that is the question. How do we walk faithfully in the midst of our fears? And I have been struggling to answer that question. That's been the question that has been constantly echoing in my mind over the course of this week, and to be honest, for much longer than that. What is our role to play? I'm struck by a passage in the the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18. The disciples are meeting with the Lord Jesus, and and, and they've had an extensive uh, season of ministry together. And now as they're coming uh, towards uh, the cross, they, they begin digging deeper and Jesus begins digging deeper. And Jesus is teaching them in, in the opening of chapter 17 about the profound nature of grace and forgiveness that is not just received and experienced through him, but is also a part of how we operate in relationship with one another. And, and, and so Jesus teaches, you're supposed to forgive when someone sins against you, when they repent, you forgive, and you do that over and over and over and over and over and over again so often that it can become wearying to, to, be, uh, to, to have sin committed against you, and yet you still forgive. And so in the midst of that instruction, the disciples are perplexed. They're wondering, how is it that we can, can, can find the strength to, to love that extraordinarily? When it's so easy for hate and division to rise up, when people have sinned against you, how do you, how do you turn it, transform it over and over again as Jesus instructs? And so they ask Jesus this question. Actually, it's more of a, a declaration of what they need from Jesus. And I think it might lead to a key answer for us. 
for our question for today as well. In verse 5, the apostles say this to their Lord. Increase our faith. When we don't know how to walk, increase our faith. When we're persecuted, increase our faith. When we don't know how to forgive, increase our faith. When we're afraid, oppressed, increase our faith. Over and over, oh Lord, we need you to increase our faith. And I, I, I put this, this gospel message of Luke-Acts all coming together, and I find myself in Acts chapter 11 and hearing about these unnamed individuals and putting myself in their place and thinking about what is it for me, for us, in the midst of our fear to find the strength to carry the gospel out into the world. And it starts with this prayer, this cry to the Lord, increase our faith and maybe that can be an instruction for us an instruction of things not to do and of things to do right because if we become more and more faithful in the midst of our fears because of the strength of the Lord then we will find we will find that God is performing miracles in our midst keeping us from doing those things that would hate and divide and leading us to do things that would love and unify. So I'm going to put that to myself as a challenge in the midst of this season of fear and weariness of distancing that causes so many challenges whenever I am tempted to do anything that would further divide me from any brother or sister in Christ. From any brother and sister in this world, a child of the Most High God. I'll seek God's faith and face and ask, increase my faith and choose to not do things. Don't share that. Don't comment on that. Don't type that. Find the strength to not even read some of that so that you can walk in faith. And then what would it be for me to turn that into action? Lord, what can I do to increase the faith of others around me? How can I bear witness to God's love so profoundly that his gift of grace would be received throughout the world to the ends of the earth. How can we have the transforming effect of faithfulness in the midst of our fears? By calling out to the Lord again and again and again. Increase our faith, we pray.